a day when considering who do we follow? Do we follow the political leaders who are in their ivory tower positions far removed from the true life of the country? Do we follow the business and corporate CEOs? The ones who have a bottom line that has to be their first concern. Do we follow the religious leaders who, by their very nature, split the people side to side with their factionism and their religiousology? Do we follow the activists who wholeheartedly support some seemingly noble and worthy cause to the point where they would sacrifice their own freedoms, their own liberties. in order to stand up for what they feel is right? The answer is that we follow all of these people. And then some. We follow people who are in some way or another a moral or principal example something that stands as a symbol and oftentimes we use people in their positions of power as symbols of the the beliefs that we have and power isn't money money is just a tool what power is is responsibility the more responsibility that you have, and that's over things like tools such as money, or over people such as being a boss with uh, subordinates, power in itself really is just the acceptance of responsibility for some sort of desired outcome whether that is to sustain the status quo or your responsibility to change the status quo. That's where the power in lies. And now, with positions, certain positions of power, there also comes privilege. And that privilege is something that has been given to that position of responsibility. And so whoever fills that position also uh, holds that, that level of privilege. They own that, that platform and 
a certain level of respect comes with that. And so this privilege and this respect from these positions of power, which are really just accumulated power, um, for instance, a business, a CEO in, of a company is nothing more than the person who's responsible for all the, the resources and assets um, in the financial holdings of a business. And the assets include all of the employees and the CEO can determine how those employees are going to function and they do so by utilizing the other people in other positions of power. Um, and the idea is that the accumulated power, which also is the power to, to in a sense, control or determine what other positions of power are going to do or what their directives are going to be, that, that is... territory because you're, you're putting so much faith and belief in, in one person's capacity to assume so much responsibility and manage it with care um, and consideration and, and not let that power destroy them. Um, meaning that that sort of power can go to a person's head. They can begin to feel like they are untouchable in these positions and they could start behaving that way. Um, so it goes to the same saying that uh, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Too much power can set somebody up for failure and make it so that these people who would fall underneath a, a CEO are are then, their hands are tied. Their power can only extend so far. And they are accepting responsibility for something that's kind of out of their hands. The same thing can be said of political powers. These people have assumed uh, platforms of, of power and prestige and, and respect and their capacity is increased by the prestige of their position. And especially when you think of like the top tier of the four branches or three branches of the, the um, official government of America, uh, the people at the top of those, those links, um, really have the most powers. So we're talking about the president and vice president and the presidential cabinet. Um, we're talking about the Supreme Court and the judicial grants. We're talking about uh, Congress and Senate, and not even just Congress and Senate, but mostly just Senate, um, because they're the, you know, they're the ones that tend to have a little bit more um, uh, power because of the fact that their power is condensed in, in a smaller number um, than the House of Representatives. So these positions of power really are beholden to 
the the powers uh, above them, which are the ideas that they're trying to support. So this is where it gets really tricky, especially with politics, is because these positions of power are no longer about a person accepting responsibility, um, but people are accepting that their responsibility is to uphold this status quo. And so they're taking the power of the position and they're putting into an idea. And so now our country is ran off of ideology and it's starting to manifest itself in some pretty disgusting ways um, because we're seeing this um, abuse and misuse of power um, and overstepping of the bounds and um, governments in a sense taking more power than what they actually have and then justifying that power by saying that we're we're uh, you know we're just upholding the status quo of the country you know this is what the country is about but it's not it's the narratives that they're selling um, that try they try to explain the ideology with their own narratives and it's the same narrative that they've been taught by other people and, and these groups are all together and they share the same thought processes, um, because they're all in the belief that the ideology is worth upholding, and so they do so in their own creative ways, and and so that's why it continues to perpetuate. It gets worse, because some new person will come at the position and say, oh, well, you know, this should be a part of our responsibility, and so they just assume it, and in a lot of cases, they don't necessarily ask the people whether or not um, they're in agreement with that. And so it goes back to the same problem of the Declaration of Independence, you know. They're creating laws not of our choosing. And they're doing so to uphold this ideology. So, for instance, the prime example of how this manifests is with the abortion ban. Uh, America had a a long, hard fight um, to establish the Roe v. Wade and... That is under attack right now because other people in their positions of power are assuming a responsibility that uh, maybe necessarily wasn't given to them, but they're just assuming it and they're taking it and they're taking it against the will of the people because the people themselves uh, don't agree. And when we speak of the people, there may be a few people that believe that, that, that swallow their ideology, the same ideology. But when you look at the, the, the numbers in mass, the larger portion of people do not want abortion to be banned um, because it sets a, a very unfortunate precedence that the government somehow now has the responsibility to control an individual's life and an individual's body. And those are the sorts of decisions that... Uh, infringe upon our freedoms and our liberties and our personal rights and we will easily lose our self-identity if the government continues to take this sort of responsibility in a lot of cases without even asking without even being granted that that privilege they just take it and then force the people to have to fight 
to, to get back something that was stolen from them. And the question is not whether or not abortions are a good thing. The question is whether or not a government should be allowed to determine what a person can do with their own body. That an individual is forced to live by the ideology that is being set forth by the government, which the abortion ban really is tied in and woven in with the idea that um, the places where, where abortion is being banned, they also want abstinence, sex, sexual education, which is insane because humans are sexual beings. We are put on this earth to, to, uh, to procreate and, you know, be fruitful and multiply. Um, if you want to use the same terminology that they're trying to interpret from the concept of their religion that's trying to say that thou shalt not kill. And the idea behind it is nobody wants to kill anybody. However, if you on one hand subject the people to a lack of education and understanding and, and to, to prevent in a lot of ways the, the criminal activity that would lead to um, an unwanted uh, pregnancy, then you're doing nothing but setting people up to have to have children. And you're giving them no options out of that situation you're forcing them into. And then you're only propagating a bigger problem in the social context, in the, in the economic context, in the political context. Because now we have a life that was not intended to be here, that is now forced to struggle in society. And the government isn't there to step in to make sure that that child has a good life. If a, if a parent recognizes that they do not have the fundamental capacity to raise a child or that it would literally be detrimental to them to have a child for, say, in the case of uh, the child being um, uh, invalid, meaning that uh, they're brain damaged in the womb and they will not live an actual normal life, or for the case of uh, incest or, or rape and the government is essentially forcing these women to have children that are products of a crime that was committed against them. And so you're punishing these women to live with that. And and the solution on the end of the, the, the politicians who are making these decisions for the women and, and removing their, their choices... Uh, is removed from the situation. They they are not sympathetic and they're not compassionate to the situation. They're just taking it as a, a cookie cutter uh, situation, a, a black and white scenario. And they're basing the, the, the blackness and the whiteness off of the their own religious beliefs. So it's setting a very unfortunate precedent because as soon as the government has the capacity to, in one sense, determine what you're going to do with your own body, then in another sense, what's going to stop them from 
uh, infringing on your personal right in some other regard? When are they going to start attacking our way of thinking? Which it's not as if they're not already doing that um, in a lot of ways in subtle senses, but it's that the, the power of the government is using these positions of power to, in a sense, rule the world. And I don't feel that there is enough power in any of these political positions to justify what they're taking away from us. In a sense, they are overstepping their bounds. They are infringing on rights. They are uh, subduing freedom and and hindering our, our liberties so that they can get across their own ideologies. I myself am struck between a, a rock and a hard spot. I really want to be able to disrupt these positions of power. And I feel that the best way to do that is to insert myself into these positions of power and then dismantle them from the inside by showing the people what it is that these positions of power are are doing and where their line of demarcation should really be, where the separation of, of the people and the state is really truly made, where the individual is not going to be controlled as if they're a property or an asset, and, and that the government can pick and choose what they're going to impose upon us. Coming from the inside and then turning the mirror out and, and, and showing the people the truth that's hidden beneath these situations, I feel that that would be able to help to dismantle some of that power and give that power back to the people um, by saying, you know, this is what's going on. Do you not recognize that this is a power that's been taken from you without your permission? That this is a power that ought to be returned to you? And that from my position within that power, I'm granting that power back to you and then work with the people so that they can secure that power so they can have it back for themselves in a way that that no one can infringe upon it again this is where i wholeheartedly agree and believe that governments should be small and their capacity to to affect change should only be as big as the people Require and it only should be circumstantial. I don't think that a blanket across the board saying that governments need to have this authority over um, wide decisions is something that should be allowed. It makes that every power dynamic is is now increased with a multiplier, and we the people are losing more and more of our own individual power to that, that's basically being taken up and, and assumed by these positions of authority, which we have no way to defend ourselves against. This is dangerous grounds. This is dangerous territory, and it's only getting worse because there's nobody there to stop it. So I want to be in those positions of power so I can give the power back to the people. And because I'm only one person and I can't see every single aspect of how power has been taken and that how power needs to be returned, 
it requires that fundamental conversation, a constant conversation with the people to say, you know, where has your power been taken? Um, where do you need your power returned? And what can I do for my position of power to give that power back to you? Let's work together with the powers that we have and, and make that transition, you know, transaction so that um, I can take the power from the position of power and bring it back to the people and secure it for the people. So it's not infringed upon again. It can't be taken again. And let's dismantle the powers of the government. I'm not saying to disband the government. We definitely need government. But we don't need the government that we have now. Because the government we have now is like a dictatorship. It's just, you know, veiled in this concept to make it think that we, we live in a democracy. Which we don't. We live in a republic. In, in, in a republic and attempted to be democratic. And we're not fulfilling that that obligation to serve the people because we're taking the power from the people um or the government is taking the power from the people and so i want to give that power back to the people but at the same time i don't want to become the villain i don't want to put myself in that position and then be surrounded by these other individuals who do think it's okay to steal away people's power and they think they literally think that that's the point of the government is to steal away the people's power to put some sort of reign around the people and force control them to to the will of the of the uh, policies that are created by the government and a lot of those people come from power and privilege, um, and it's easier for them to access the powers of politics because they are already in positions of power that they can use to advantage and advance themselves into those positions. I don't have those sorts of things. My power is very limited. Um, mostly my power is over my own personal choices. I can't really affect a lot of change in the, the surroundings around me. Um, and a lot is because I won't force those things. And as I'm slowly moving into positions of responsibility in the public sector, um, in, you know, in the sense where it's outside of myself or my immediate family, uh, I'm finding myself wanting to do as much as what I've done before, which is, you know, not assume the power is mine, but to understand that it's just within my care, that the people have put it within my care, and that I need to honor and respect that this is their power. And it's so much power, it's too much power for any one person to control. And so it's been put into my care to, to kind of hold its place and, um, and, and hold that, that place marker of power for those people who uh, will need it in the future. Like they may not be able to ha have this power at all times because it would be too much responsibility to take on themselves. But it's there for when they finally are ready to accept that responsibility or that they need that, that power in order to affect um, positive change in their life. Um, then that's when the position of power in, in, in a position of power that's 
um, a caretaker of somebody else's power, such as in a public position, a public service position, um, you grant that back to the people. You give it back to them. You don't keep it from them or hold it over their head or assume that it's yours. Um, it's just a, it's kind of like a bank, you know? People will make deposits into it and and they're going to make, you know, transactions as they need it. And the person in the position of, um, you know, public power positions, of public service, need to recognize that. They need to not put themselves in a position as if it's their power and then end up abusing it. Um, so I want to put myself in the position to be able to a placeholder for this power and and help to facilitate you know the power as it's needed to to be transferred in order to maintain the balance of a civil society and in order to secure the blessings of freedom and to uh, protect civil and human rights and to guarantee that people have their liberties and and their liberty to use them have a lot of people in a political position that want to do that. And I believe it's because the political positions have all been corrupted. They have been so corrupted people don't have faith in the systems anymore. And so now we're, we're in a problem where the politicians recognize that they've gone a bit too far and now they have to control the people to keep them from uprising against them. Uh, to get the people to prevent the people from uprising against them, but <clears throat> it's very unfortunate. But you know that's how revolutions happen. This is how war happens. This is how how countries dissolve. Um, when you look at civilizations that have risen and fallen, it's all been for the same regard: is that the powers that be have you know taken more power than they needed, and they've abused that power, misused that power, and the people finally come together and, you know, unify with what little power that they have left, and it becomes a, a massive force for change, and there's not really a whole lot that those people in the higher power positions can really do about it, short of war, and, and then you gotta start all over again, and so it's just going to be that type of cycle that continuously happens until there's some sort of, of governing body that is placed within the system that can, you know, throttle the power to make sure that the people can retain their own power and, and that politics can't abuse the, their collective power um, to, to take away the power from the people. And, you know, again, it goes back to the idea that power is really just responsibility. And I want to make sure that everybody accepts responsibility for making the world a better place. And, and I don't mean make as in force, but uh, make as in force. You know, understanding that we, we live by our founding principles. And principles are a lot different than ideologies. Ideologies, you know, stem from, from one source and it's under the guise and the rules of one belief, whereas a principle is something that is malleable, it's adaptable, it 
works with the people and it's focused around the the being applicable in the time and the place it fits in no matter what the circumstance is. And uh, in some cases it has more authority, in other cases it has less authority, but it's still, a, it's fundamental. Principles are fundamental. Where ideals are not fundamental, ideals are things that are um, developed and then impressed upon others. And so, that right there is their inherent uh, weakness. So in order to dissolve the ideology that is now running the country, um, even though we're a country, um, you know, that was founded on principles um, and good judgment and uh, declarations. importance of, of any person's role in, in reestablishing the proper intended use of America is to accept their own responsibility and use that to hold others accountable when they misuse their responsibilities responsibilities that, not, that are not theirs. I believe that's the work we must do. So let's do it. <laughs>